0: Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily
1: podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to kick things off with something fun and interesting. And last November, when ChatGPT was released, it set the record for having the fastest growing user base ever, ever for any website. Two months after its launch, it reached 100 million users. Okay, that beats the records of Facebook, Google, really just about anything else. But over the summer, everybody's like, what's going on? Chat GPT use fell dramatically. It's like, I wonder why. All right. I'm willing to bet a whole bunch of students are now using it with book reports, papers, math problems, and all the rest. But you have to really be careful with Chat GPT. It's not always correct. Like, for example... It has trouble figuring out the difference between a lion and a cheetah. Oh, 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 I saw you smile at that one. Hey, listen, you're about to get more tech smarts because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a new listener to the Kim Commando show, welcome. So glad to have you with us. And if you're already a listener, welcome back. And you can find my award-winning show on 420 top radio stations throughout the United States. And, of course, we're streaming in your favorite radio app. Just search for my last name, Commando. And you can find us as a podcast or a webcast. This is so fun, commercial-free, over at commando.com. Just hit the homepage and hit that big old button that says Commando Community. Now, if you're listening on the radio, we totally love that. Just a reminder, you can also get Kim Commando today as a podcast and wherever you get your podcast, just search for Commando with a okay, K. That's Monday through Friday. You can listen to Kim Commando today. It's about 30 minutes. And our T-Mobile unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 the way to join us. Every single day, I go to at least 35 different websites to make sure that you and I are both up to date on all things digital. And here are the top five things that you need to know right now, starting with this. Imagine you're in the hospital. Okay, things are not going well. Your doctor plugs in all your vitals and test results into an AI model. Ah, what comes back? You are definitely going to die. This decision-making AI is coming to hospitals all throughout the country. Researchers at OSF Healthcare in Illinois, they've developed an AI model that can predict a patient's risk of death within 5 to 90 days after being admitted to the hospital. Now, they say that they're doing this because only 22% of folks in a hospital actually have an end-of-life directive. But is it really a good thing for AI to come in and direct when healthcare should stop? I mean, what if AI is wrong and the medical personnel, they just give up hope? Now, I know this might sound a little strange. Now, AI says there's nothing left to do to save a person's life, but the doctors want to try anyway. How will the insurance companies respond? Will they want to pay for that? Okay, these are all the new questions as we're entering this brave AI world. Uh, Number two on our list is drones are spying on you. Right now, there are more than a million hobby drones registered in America. Heaven only knows how many are buzzing around that are unregistered. A hobby drone should only fly, they say, 400 feet above the ground. But what if a drone is hovering above your home and then taking pictures of your family? The government says that they can shoot down spy balloons and drones, but you can't. Shannon's law makes it a federal crime to discharge a firearm into the sky. Now, it's also against the law to jam a drone signal. Now, you don't know where it's going to fall. Now, here's what you need to do. Photograph the drone, call the police, and then try to see where it lands. But speaking of drones, my husband just purchased a $1,500 drone the other day, and then he said to me, If this thing crashes, you're going to see a drone man cry. Oh, oh, yeah, it runs in the family. All right, moving on to number three. If you're planning a night out, uh, there's a new scam that's spreading. And before you scan in your favorite restaurant's menu using a QR code, I want you to listen up. Because as you know, because of the pandemic, more bars and restaurants than ever, they've just placed their entire menus online. And so at the table, you have that QR code. And it's that small printed square made up of tiny lines and rectangles. So you just you open up your camera app and then up pops the menu. And the restaurants, oh, so great for them. They save just a ton of money because they never have to print a menu. But the FBI is warning everyone that hackers are replacing the restaurant's QR codes with their own codes. It looks just like their real one, the original one. But instead of taking you to an online menu or to the checkout, This malicious QR code instantly downloads malware right into your phone, stealing your location and all the personal information right on your device. So if a QR code is at your table, never assume it's safe. Just ask the server if it's the real one just to be on the safe side. All right. Moving on to number four, the death of ownership. Oh, how many subscription services do you pay for? A ton, right? It's not just streaming TV. Subscriptions to use a growing number of things we already own are about to just overwhelm us all. Like my husband's new car came with a navigation system, but to make it work, yeah, he had to pay a monthly subscription fee even though he purchased the system. Peloton bikes, another thing. To use it, you have to pay a monthly fee. The same thing with my rower. I got to pay a monthly fee. How about a ring doorbell, or thermostat? Yes, more monthly subscriptions. Now, if you try to tinker with these things to make them work without the subscription... Nine times out of 10, they're just going to shut down. You can't use what you buy without a subscription to make it work. Now, these things are generating, here's the number for you, $8 billion a year. And in just a few years, that number's going to jump up to a trillion. Yeah. And it's going to keep growing as long as we keep paying up. And finally, this coming in last at number five. For the last few weeks, we've been totally reorganizing at the house. And I've discovered like, millions of Americans, that, yeah, we still own movies on old VHS videotapes. And if you do, too, I want you to listen up. Because if you find a stash of VHS tapes, you just may have one that's super valuable. Now, most aren't, but a great copy of Back to the Future is worth about $1,000 on eBay. So is a more recent Fast and Furious. Taxi Driver sells for around $1,500, as does Disney's Dumbo. Now, but the Goonies, unbelievable. A Goonies VHS tape can sell for $4,000. And this one, Freddy Krueger, killing everyone he can find in a nightmare on Elm Street is worth up to $5,000. So to get top dollar, the video and its box, it must be in great condition. If the cellophane wrapper is still on the box, it's a little gold mine. Now, in the last few years, VHS collectors have spent over $3 million on eBay. Who knew? I mean, remember these? Be kind, rewind. What about the other things we don't say anymore? Let's see. Um, Call me collect. Yeah, never. Oh, how about this one? Get the map out of the glove box. (laughs) Yeah. Or uh, let's see. How about one more? Uh, Look it up in the yellow pages. Yeah, all these things we just don't say anymore.
0: Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more.
1: All right, if you're a guy who's been shopping for t-shirts online, there's a very, very good chance that you've stumbled upon the true classic. That's right. It's this huge brand. It has a major online following. People love their basic tees and clothing. And let me tell you guys, they really do make you look good and get this number, it's projected to make $250 million in 2023 alone. Yes, I said $250 million. Now, this story is just a true classic of an American entrepreneur who makes good and then just go ahead and just explodes his business. And Ryan, thank you so much for being here. So I guess I just want to start with the beginning. How did you come up with t-shirts? I mean, I mean, you went up against Haynes and everywhere, everybody else who's selling a t-shirt.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I guess- I definitely didn't think I would be taking market share from Haynes when I started this <laughs> thing, but it really just started like with most people, whereas you see a gap in the market, you see a problem. And ultimately, I felt like it was something that wasn't being solved. And I felt like the guys that were competing in this space just weren't doing a great job of kind of taking care of the customer. So that was kind of where it started was just finding a void and trying to fill it. And so how much money did you have when you started the business? We ran the business on credit cards in the beginning. So we really didn't need much money. All we needed money was for the manufacturing to be able to make samples and build tech packs. You have to put up money for that. So it started out with $3,000. And um, after that, we started making sales. And then we were able to kind of just pay back the credit that he had given us in that initial term. And that really allowed the relationship to flourish because he saw that this was a real business. And um, and on the marketing side, I was only spending money on Face, which was the way to go because I knew that, you know, if I put the money, to work for me on Facebook, it was going to give me a quantifiable return Mm -hmm. versus a lot of other forms of marketing where you're just spraying dollars everywhere and you don't know if it's you know sunk or if it's actually giving you a return. So it was very easy in the beginning on Facebook to say, okay, I'm going to spend a dollar and make $3 and then I can choose to keep rolling that money over into the business. And so, okay, so you're starting to
1: sell t-shirts. At what point do you sit back and you say, I I think it's going to make it. I think we're going to do good. And now we need to roll the dice and we're going to come up with some variations of the first classic tee?
2: Yeah. So I think pretty early on, we realized that we weren't just going to be able to sell t-shirts. I mean, originally what I wanted to do was even go more narrow and, and only sell black and white t-shirts. I wanted to basically be the best black and white tee that ever (laughs) existed. And then we quickly realized that like, well, yeah, you can do that, but you're just going to severely limit yourself in the marketplace. So we started doing different colors. And then the obvious next step was let's do V-necks. Let's do long sleeve tees, Let's do polos. But let's make sure they all have the same fit, the same consistency, same price uh, relative to the competitors. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, you want to keep giving customer value, right? So you have to keep rolling out products that they love. And that's, you know, what we still do to this day at scale.
1: But I did read a story about you, Ryan, where you guys made an inventory mistake. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, that was not a fun time.
1: It didn't, it didn't um, sound like it, but, you know, we all, I mean, we've all made mistakes, And sometimes that can just that can break you. But I, yeah. when I read about it, I thought, you know
2: what? You guys just kept going, which, and it was a big mistake. Very big mistake. But I think ultimately we had a lot of confidence in ourselves that our partners that we were working with were going to be reasonable. They didn't have to be reasonable, right? Like they could have definitely um, made it very difficult for us and could have really gouged us in a time where we were kind of desperate to work a deal. So, you know, listen, we've always relied very heavily on our negotiating skills. It becomes a huge part in, in really saving, Money and working well with vendors uh, As you kind of move with a growing company But um, it was a big miss And you know we're gamblers over Here the, you know two of the three founders Are are pretty big gamblers and we Bet on the upside and what happens when You bet on the upside and you don't sell enough is those Invoices start coming in and uh, You better be able to pay those on time or you're Going to run into problems and that's exactly what happened We just thought we were going to be hitting numbers That we didn't hit and so we had to adjust And we had to go back to them we had to figure out A uh, get how to get a credit line from an external vendor, which was Wayflyer at the time. And, um, you know, it was a very stressful time. But, you know, ultimately, we believed in ourselves we believed in our ability to work with people and, and prove the vision to them and say, listen, this isn't forever. You know, we're in a bit of a bind. Work with us here. And I promise there will be much more upside for you in the future. And I think they all believed us. And that was why they wanted to work with us. And listen, it worked out well for them because now we're out out of it. And they're all making a ton of money off of us. So <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> we were lucky. We were lucky in the fact that they did take a bet on us and um, it worked out. Well, I,
1: I can't imagine. I mean, because, you know, you try to project because you want to have the inventory for the customer when they buy it. You don't get paid until you ship it. Right. Uh, but let, 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 I'd like to go back just a second uh, to the T-shirt itself, that first original. Was it was it? The shirt would fit the man, the male body better than just a box because I, I that's what I see it as.
2: Yes, that's a 100% what it was. All the T-shirts I had in my closet and I used to buy a lot of like um, even like Walmart, Target, Old Navy. And the problem I kept running into was that none of them really fit me the way that I liked. And I just thought I wonder why no one makes – t-shirts that really fit guys I think the way they would want them to be fit now obviously I didn't know that I was speaking on behalf of millions of people at the time (laughs) but I just thought you know there's got to be other people that feel the same way I do so that's kind of where the journey started I'm
1: sure there was there were more than a few people around you that said you know what you're just nuts why would you
2: even think of doing this what do they say to you now Ryan? yeah like my wife (laughs) um (laughs) if you really look at the macro, you'll just never kind of get started. Right. But even when I looked at the macro, what I realized was that even those guys weren't being as intentional as I thought that I could be. So I did feel like even though everyone's been doing it, I still felt like it could get better ultimately. And I think that with just about any business that I look at nowadays, I see glaring holes in a lot of these markets. And I'm thinking, well, that market's is just waiting for someone to come along and be a little bit more intentional and take all the market share. Because I think what businesses don't realize is that the more the deeper you go on customers and the more eccentric you are, the more they will gravitate towards you. Well, congratulations
1: on your success, Ryan. You have to keep me posted. I want to I hear back from you when you hit a billion. <laughs> I
2: know you will. Absolutely. <laughs> you got Thank it. you so much for having me, Kim. I really appreciate oh, it. You betcha. Thank you, Ryan.
1: All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. And by the way, if you are a small business owner, and if you're ever wondering like, you know, how to get email marketing started, how to buy ads on Facebook or Instagram, or what the lifetime value of a customer may be, you know, I always love to hear from you small business folks, because, you know, This is no overnight success, okay? I mean, we started, oh my gosh, in a closet with a small studio. And now it's just this big old media empire, thanks to all of you guys and gals. But if you ever have a small business question, I am totally here to help you. I mean, I'm not part of some big network, and we have no debt, and we have no investors. And so if I can lend a hand to your small business, uh, just remember, you can always hit that button right there on the homepage that says Email Kim. All right, if you work in an office, you might be tempted to stick in any old thumb drive hanging around to your PC to store or transfer your docs. But you really need to stop that right now. That innocent-looking USB drive just might be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Why? Because these slimy hackers, that's what they do. They, They scatter infected thumb drives in public places, parking lots. So that this way you're going to plug it in and then they can carry out their malicious activities. And once it's all connected, malware on that thumb drive can infect your PC, giving this hacker free and total access to all your files. So what should you do to stay safe? Okay, repeat with me. Do not plug in any old thumb drive that you find because this is just spreading across the United States.
0: founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more.
1: And before we go back to your, all of your phone calls, just a quick tip about recycling. I mean, of course, you're going to segregate your recyclables from everyday trash. You're going to divide your plastics from paper, you know, the whole shebango. But there are certain tech items that you cannot toss into the recycle bin or even your trash can. I mean, batteries, for instance, especially lithium ion Types. They, they power our phones, our laptops, you know, tablets, cameras, tools, I mean, smart toys, I mean, just about everything. But you cannot just fling these things into the trash or the recycle bin. You really need to take them to a hazardous waste collection center. Next up, your television. Why? Well, think about this. It's just packed with glass and lead and potentially hazardous materials. And it's definitely not meant for the landfill. And let's not forget those old relics. Yes, those old glass thermometers. Now, if you still have one, yeah, it likely contains mercury. So don't just put it in the trash. and Whatever you do, do not try to break it. All right, let's see. How about Brian in Des Moines, Iowa? You're up next.
3: I run a very small company of about eight people. And right now we're using um, paper time cards, and I'm figuring it all out by hand. Ooh. And I would love, I would love something that we could, um, do on our phones in order to keep track of time.
1: And so what kind of business do you have?
3: Um, we run a firewood company and it's, it's mainly a, uh, delivery service that we run, um, pallets of firewood to, uh, uh, C stores or convenience stores and, um, gas stations and grocery stores, things like that.
1: Awesome. So then location tracking probably would be important.
3: That would help. That mm-hmm. that would be nice if that was added to it. I've looked at some; they seem super complicated. Oh no! And yeah, I'm I'm kind of a uh, I'm an older guy, and I'm kind of simple. So
1: okay. it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So you know, basically, what we're going to do is, you know, you you set it up, and you're going to pay per seat or per user, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there could be another fee that is just a monthly fee on top of that. But what uh-huh. is? But what it's going to give you is. Exactly what you're looking for. I mean, how many hours that people are clocked in, clocked out. Uh, also, you get their real time location, and then there's also GPS tracking location. So mm-hmm. if somebody says, Well, you know, I clocked in at 7 a.m. Uh, at so and so's, you know, at this 7 11, and then you looking up, Nope, 7 11, you were still sleeping. Okay. Uh-huh. 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 I, I can That's see right. that. Uh, I like that. And then it also works with uh, QuickBooks and other accounting packages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not difficult to set up, uh, but just make sure that since, you know, you're relatively new with all this stuff, that you take a look at the tutorials. They always put tutorials right there on the site for you because they want to make uh-huh. it easy. And then typically a chat, it will pop up out of the lower right-hand corner if you ever stop and they'll say, hey, how can we help you? So they mm-hmm. ha- there are a couple of these that I'd like you to take a look at. One is called T-Sheets okay. that I looked at. You don't need to write oh. this down. Uh, lovely Amber, who's screening calls today. She's going to send you uh, some some names of some sites for you to take a look at. But one's called T Sheets. Uh, another one's called Harvest. I have heard that Clockify though is one of the best ones out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and I think they start at like ten dollars per month per user. But you get all these detailed reports. Um, like I said, you get the tracking, and then it all integrates into your. Accounting packages. So no longer will you be sitting there on a Sunday <laughs> night, Brian, saying, okay, uh, let's see, 12 plus 8 is 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> times 20 times 20. to find them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So how is the firewood business?
3: Um, it is a growing industry. It is, it is something that people want their, uh, their leisure time, and fire pits are a big deal. So summertime is extremely busy, and believe it or not, it slows down a little bit in the wintertime. Not everybody has a stove or a fireplace, mm-hmm. um, and then the type of things that we sell um, are a little bit expensive to burn that in bulk. So, so so what is that? Pardon me?
1: I said, so what is expensive that you're talking about?
3: Well, um, I mean, a bundle of firewood will go for eight bucks around here. And you can get a whole pickup for eighty dollars. So it it would be probably double that if you bought it all bundled and packaged and labeled and everything like that. So um, we also do that on the side for those that are local. We travel, we travel one hundred and fifty miles from around in a circle around Des Moines to deliver firewood. So wow,
1: that's big. That's a big area.
3: We do we do a lot of firewood.
1: So how did you get into the firewood business?
3: Um, weird story. I got a free stove. <laughs> I got a free stove off of Craigslist. I needed wood. So I kept hunting wood down, finally found uh, where I could get wood. And then uh, my son and I started selling it and it went from there.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations. It just went crazy. <laughs> it's almost like that story of like the guy with the free paperclip. That turned it into a house. You have got a free stove. Exactly. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're in the, the wood chop- chopping and uh, distribution and business and making just some great income with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Brian, um, hang on the line. We're going to send you some of these links. And then if any of these okay. don't work out for you, just give me a call back. I'm happy to Will take it to the next level. Will
3: do. Thank you so much for your help. And I do listen to your show and I love it.
1: Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. All right, if you're looking for a great free video editing program, oh my gosh, there are just a slew out there. But without much fanfare, Microsoft has released a really good video editing program called ClipChamp. And it's easy to use to make those family videos and making some solid social media commercials. Now, Microsoft would love, love, love for you to buy a ClipChamp subscription to store all your videos in the cloud and then also use stock video images. But here's the secret. You don't need either one. You can store all of your videos for free on YouTube and then use the sites like Unsplash and Pexels to get free stock footage. Now, ClipChamp is free inside the Microsoft Store. Now, what about if you're on a Mac? iMovie, yeah, it's just free from Apple and it's tops. I mean, editing a video is no big deal. And that's the thing. If you haven't used a video editing program lately because you thought, oh my gosh, it's just too hard. I don't want to have to learn something new. Try again. These programs have changed for the better. And a lot of them now have AI built in. Speaking of, YouTube has a new app. It's called YouTube Create. And I had a chance to sample it. And wow, talk about making a video editing job easy. It has a bunch of free, easy-to-use tools. You can make shorts and also longer videos. And so what you do is you can add your clips. And then you can use the built-in editing tools. You can trim everything. You can add stickers and GIFs and whatever else that you want. It also includes, and this is fabulous, royalty-free songs too. Now, it's in beta for Androids, I know, and bummer, no iPhone app yet. But in case you're on Android, you want to check it out. It's called YouTube Create. Kevin in Prescott, Arizona.
4: I've retired, and um, uh, I'm writing. I've been writing for a few years, but now I'm getting seriously into it because I have a bit more time. Okay. Uh, Oddly, though, I mean, you retire, and all of a sudden, all my kids and grandkids, everybody wants something now. (laughs) Uh, But I'm finding the time to write. Um, And I have an old tablet. It doesn't work, and I, I need some portability, because I'm going to be traveling quite a bit too right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to invest a whole lot of money into a laptop. Uh, they're they're kind of heavy and not easy to transport. So I'm looking for a really good notebook, and I use Word uh, primarily. Okay. So hopefully it's something I I haven't had much luck going online to find things. I don't want to spend... More than three, four, five hundred dollars. That's it. Okay. All
1: right. Um, well, yeah, of course. Um, and where have you been my whole life, Kevin? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now well, that well, yeah. now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about your tablet. Okay. Since you like to use Microsoft Word, we're going to stick primarily in the Windows camp. Okay. Because this is what you like. This is what you're familiar with. Uh, not yeah. that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I'm not saying that, but it's, there's a lot to be said for uh, comfort when you are trying to just travel around and get things done and start writing all these terrific stories. So yeah. when we start looking at uh, Microsoft-based products, of course, the first one that comes to mind is the Microsoft Surface. Uh, they just announced okay. some new models. The three, and I think there's, a whole, I don't know, three or four other models out there. We're going to be writing about all of them in the, the newsletter. And then, of course, we'll oh. post it on the website. Uh, but with these new Microsoft Surface, basically what it is, it's a, a tablet that you attach a, a keyboard to. Perfect. and uh, So when you want to use it as a tablet, you can. When you want to start writing, you just attach the keyboard, and then you're good to go. Uh, the base model starts at around $350. Uh, Okay. Now the one that's out now, the one that they're replacing is the Microsoft Surface Go 2, and uh, now one of the things you might want to think about is that if you don't need the latest and greatest, what happens is whenever any tech company announces a new product, the other ones go, "Hmm, okay, this is a little bit older. It's gonna we're gonna start discounting it down, and so you know, say if you if you can wait a week or so and start letting the new models. Hit the virtual storefronts and even the Best Buys of the world is that you're going to see the the older model, even though it's you know it's it's still good uh, and it runs Windows 10. Uh, is oh. that you're going to see those prices come down if if money's an issue? Now Microsoft Surface, okay, that's one. HP uh, Pavilion, they have a, a tablet too with a detachable keyboard, and I really like those. Uh, Any time you actually, if you ever want to watch the show, you can see that I have a an Apple iPad in front of me. But when I write, and you know, I write a lot, I write the newsletters that you read every day, uh, along with some of the team members here, and I write for USA Today and the New York Post and the Daily Mail, is that when I write, I can't do it on a tablet. Can you? No,
4: not really. Uh-uh.
1: You no, know, I mean, I need to have a keyboard. I mean, I just need yeah. to have a keyboard. So that's why I'm pointing you in the direction of uh, a tablet with a detachable keyboard. So if, in fact, you ever want to use it as a tablet, that you're good to go. Uh, but again, you have that detachable keyboard to go along with it. I'm going to post some links over at commando.com for all of you who are listening like, hey, I'd like to check that out too. And don't forget, if you don't already get the newsletters, you can sign up over at getkim.com. And Kevin, uh, Amber's going to be passing along a couple of Amazon links to you right now. So hang on line; We'll get those out to you. And thank you for your call. All right, back to the phones we go with. Bill and Big Fork. Montana. Well,
5: I think mine's pretty simple. But I was, uh, well, first of all, I'd say I'd rather read your daily column than the front page of any newspaper, just so you know. It's uh, (laughs) much more more entertaining. But uh, under uh, tech news a week or so ago, you had the Google app in settings. And there's eight sub-settings in there. And two of them don't make sense to me. Uh, But yet again, a 13-year-old kid programmed this when I bought it three or four years ago, but the, it says um, local network off position and cellular network and the on position. Now, of course, local, I'm not sure what everybody's got a network and everybody's got cellular data, but why is this different
1: than the companies that I use to provide those services? Okay, right, well, let's, let's talk about it. Let's start at the cellular data, okay? Um, what that means is that If you want to use the Google app or any other app when Wi-Fi is not available, it's not there, it's not good enough, is that you can turn on cellular data. So it's going to use your cellular network instead of Wi-Fi. It also allows you to keep using Google to get directions and use the web when you don't have that Wi-Fi connection. And, you know, if you're on a limited plan for the cellular data, uh, then you might want to turn that off for certain apps so that this way you don't get hit if you are uh, may, You may get hit with some data overage fees, and especially if you're traveling overseas. Oh, my gosh. Make sure that you turn off cellular data, because uh, if you don't hear me lesson learned, Bill, I tell people all this. But I went to climb Machu Picchu and I forgot I left it on. I came home to a seven hundred dollar cell phone bill. I was like, oh, okay. yeah.
5: So good to know. We're headed to Switzerland next month. So that's good to know.
1: Oh, yeah. Turn that bad boy off. Off. okay, okay. Um, now with local network that's about the app's ability okay to use other things that may be on the same network so maybe if you are going to use the app to connect to a printer or you're going to use it to connect to a streaming devices, but for most cases, the cellular data on the local network off uh, is going to be really suitable for just about you know anybody who's using it? I probably have the settings that way on my phone, uh, because we're not talking about we're not talking about local network Wi-Fi. Of course, we don't leave Wi-Fi mm-hmm. on. It's just for this particular app. So, does that make sense?
5: It does make sense. Okay,
1: that explains it. I appreciate it. All right, and Bill, thanks for getting our newsletters because I think everybody in the universe should get our newsletters. Don't you agree? I agree, and and it's worth a little giggle every morning. Well, I, those are my corny dad jokes. Can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> I read every one of them. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for your call today. And if you're not getting our newsletters, you know, just a quick plug, make sure that you sign up now over at GetKim.com. Once again, there's, that's GetKim.com. Now, for most people, a trip to the mechanic is just routine. You get oil changes, tire rotations, but Mason Berger's experience was different. He took his BMW to a repair shop, just needed a tune-up. But when he got his car back, something was wrong with the stereo. He checked his dash cam, and he discovered, wow, this car could have been in the Fast and Furious. The mechanic cranked up the tunes, damaged the stereo, sailed through two red lights, hit a speed of 113 miles per hour on the highway. Wow, okay. So the next time you drop your car off at the mechanics, take a pic of the mileage, uh, video the entire car inside and out in case there is damage. Uh, Maybe turn on a dash cam, put an air tag in the car. This way you have proof. If your car leaves the repair shop, you can get an automatic alert, too. Hey, do me a solid and tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show and our podcast because knowledge is power and everyone needs more tech smarts. And you can find me 24-7 over at our website. That's commando.com with a K, of course.